0: What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Thursday episode of Flippin' Bats. We got a great one for you today, making a statement. The A's reverse boycott has come and gone, and it was quite the night in Oakland. We will talk all about that. The Orioles, Gunnar Henderson's on an absolute tear. We got top five BVP coming. The Houston Astros, will they be okay after the Lance McCullers news? Jordan Alvarez news, we'll talk all about that as well. And Alex and I are about to take off for San Diego here soon. This one is going to be a blast. Let's get to it. It's a blowout. Eighth inning, 3 are loaded for Verlander who waits out real uh-huh and it's a high fly ball, deep center field, it is gone! Home run, and a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Flippin' Bats is going to San Diego.
1: That's right, this is breaking news. We will be in San Diego from June 16th through the 18th, interviewing players, doing shows, and most importantly, seeing you.
0: I love San Diego. Discovered by the Germans in 1904, they named it San Diego, which of course in German means-
1: (laughs) Save some for San Diego. And you at home, save the dates. June 16th through the 18th. For
0: all of us here at Fox Sports. You stay classy, San Diego.
1: And thanks for stopping by.
0: Go flip yourself, San Diego. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the
0: the mustache gets me every time. Alex, it was it was hanging on by a thread there at the end, but you know, a little nod to to Anchorman there. I think we nailed it.
1: I, I know we nailed it. I got <laughs> so many funny, like, this is comedy gold compliments from people that are actually, like, in comedy. I Great. was like, I'll take it. Thank you. We had fun. That we had was, a lot of that fun. Was,
0: that, was, that was fun. And, uh yeah, so we're off to tomorrow. San Diego tomorrow. This is our last live show here. Tomorrow will be the last show in this studio. New studio next week, San Diego this weekend.
1: Big things happening.
0: Big things happening. We're going to talk to players down there. We're going to talk to fans. We're going to be dressed up in costumes at points. We have – there's a lot – Alex and I have been dressing up a lot. I'm starting to – we're just – we're being told to dress up a lot lately. (laughs) Are we not good as we are?
1: Uh, Maybe it's like, you know, we're here to like not only bring joy to the game but bring joy to everyone at home watching. And if, you know, that includes us making a fool of ourselves – I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, I I'm think uh, one of the games while we're down there is Star Wars Night. So Which is uh, epic. we'll be we'll be. Are we sharing
1: up. what you're going as? What are you going as?
0: No, I'm not yeah. sharing. Surprise. You know what's frustrating? What frustration? Okay. I was gonna go dressed up as Darth Verlander. You know, Darth Vader. <laughs> so there's a That's funny. So
1: bad. There's a funny
0: story about so that. So bad. When you're in the mi- mine release, you have a you have a okay. um, Star Wars Night yeah. every. You know, once a season, there's Star Wars night. Normally, it's on May the fourth. May the um, fourth be with you. So I, I walk up as my first year in pro ball, and they like change. You know how they like yeah, put yeah. thing, put you in costumes on the yeah. scoreboard. I walk up to the plate. I look up at the scoreboard, and it's me, and my bat is a lightsaber, Epic. and that my name on the scoreboard was Darth Verlander. It's so good. Like actually, that's pretty good. That's great. Definitely my humor. Are too. you
1: a Star Wars fan? No. Oh, okay.
0: I mean. I don't I'm not a I don't not like it. I just there's Star Wars fans, you know, and I'm yeah, not
1: Yeah. Uh, Rego would be very disappointed R- yeah, in you. Yeah. That's
0: okay. Um so yeah, off to San Diego tomorrow after our episode that drops overnight tomorrow. But uh yeah, it's going to be fun.
1: It's going to be fun. You had a fun week though. This is a big week for you because you were out I in Colorado did. doing a little home run derby, taking home some hardware.
0: No. I forgot my trophy.
1: I was like, "Did I get it wrong? No, Why are you right. yelling at me right I now?" I had
0: <laughs> my trophy like sitting <laughs> at my with my keys, ready to bring in, and I completely forgot it. It's okay. We got um, a photo. Right? Back to back.
1: Video and photo.
0: Back to back. Uh, Derby champ. Okay. I mentioned on it was either the Monday episode yeah, yeah. that I was going to Coors, going out to Denver, so I was there. Um uh, I was there on Monday the night the Denver Nuggets won the NBA Finals.
1: Oh insane. Did you stay? <sighs> no. Oh.
0: I couldn't. I had to I had to get back, but as it, like everything was going cra- as I was on the plane like yeah. Denver was going crazy. But yeah, it was a really good night. Um raised a bunch of money for Food for Thought Denver, which is a really cool um Really cool charity to raise money for. Basically, something I had never thought about. But yeah, um, there's a food gap for a lot of kids on the weekend. Yep. Like most a lot of kids there. I think it was like thirteen thousand get their food
1: at school. At school. Yep,
0: don't eat on the weekend. So this charity that we raised money for um, helps bridge that gap for kids. So that's what the that's what the charity event was for. And back to back years, I took home the the hardware, raised the most money, and yeah, it was good.
1: Good for you. Who was your competition?
0: Uh, the Denver Broncos. Okay. There's some there's some guys okay. with good swings. That's good. Some guys some. I, I good... was gonna, I
1: was gonna give you a hard time, but if it's athletes, all.
0: No, I mean I'm the, That's the only baseball. I mean okay. I should, you know, they're <laughs> football players. You I play baseball take home for my job. But, yeah, 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 but yeah. it was it was it was a lot of fun. I'm still very sore. Like I took a million slings. Were you just
1: like, did you warm up, or were you just you just went right in? <laughs> no. Like, it's like riding a
0: bike, Alex.
1: That's how you pull a muscle. That's how, like how you get hurt. Bike. You're not going to be able to play your, your precious golf game. if you <laughs> yeah, That's, that's what you got to worry good about. Point.
0: Um, and then last night, Justin had an awesome start on the mound against the New York yeah. Yankees. Uh, big win. Big win for – well, he didn't get the win. Big win for the Mets. Mm-hmm. Great outing for him. The Mets needed that. Oh, yeah. Justin needed that. Um, six innings, three hits, one earned, zero walks, six strikeouts was pumped about the zero walks. I talked about his last outing, and he could not find the strike zone against the first first pitch against every batter, like was the highest percentage of his career, first pitch balls. Uh, walked a bunch of guys. So this, this was great. Great start, great outing against the Yankees. I know without Aaron Judge, but still good lineup. Good result, good outcome, all good.
1: It it was exactly what they needed at the right time. Like we had been talking about the last week or two, how much the Mets have been struggling. Yeah, And you talked about your brother needing to get back on track. And it was like in the same game against the Crosstown rivals, the team gets it done in an epic walk-off fashion, which is something that can definitely spark a team to turn things around and have that momentum? You hope so?
0: I feel like we've been talking, like, this is, remember the, like, Rays series, the walk-off against the Rays, and we are like, this is the spark. But there's got to be a spark at some point. Maybe maybe this is it.
1: I'm, like, team positive, as are you. So it's like, maybe this is the one. I hope this is the one.
0: But I will say, I I um, responded much better to you. Sent me again the gif of the hamburger shooting ketchup and mustard after the game. But this, this was much better. This time. I think
1: it's going to be like my good luck gift to you, but like I was waiting until no, it
0: was good. after this time. This time it made me laugh. Last okay, time I was like, what? Okay, cool. Why did you send me this? Because but this it's is, funny. It, was good. it
1: puts a smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, and this is a good time to put a smile on your face. Yeah. It's a great gift. I hope True. you realize that now. It is? I mean, i Thank it's, you. It's Thank you. You were hating before. Now I got you on yeah. my team. You
0: sent me a gift of a hamburger shooting ketchup and mustard when my brother had just gotten rocked and in the start. And spitting out pickles. <laughs> I didn't know There's that. There's so
1: much Jesus. going on. Okay. All right. Let's get to our first segment, making a statement. Because our first one, there is a lot of heat surrounding this. Are you ready? The A's fans crushed the reverse boycott. Uh,
0: I'm going to say yes. But I was disappointed at the end. I'll, I'll talk all okay. about it. Absolutely crushed. The A's fans were incredible. I've been talking about it all year long. Oakland A's fans are far more deserving of than everything they've been handed to them and this all starts with ownership John Fisher so just a quick synopsis the Oakland A's fans held a reverse boycott at Oak, at the Oakland Coliseum uh, 28,000 fans showed up it was awesome their average yearly attendance so far has been like 5 to 6,000 so about 28,000 showed up in unison to support the team Staying in Oakland and in support of the owner John Fisher selling the team 28,000 people show up from the very first pitch. Uh, you can hear fans yelling sell the team um, FU's were being flown around, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I Really thought they did a fantastic job coming together cheering for their team for their players in unison with you, They had their message they got the message across. Do I think John Fisher's like watching this game, seeing it, going, you know what? I should sell the team. I I don't believe that to be the case. No. But, but what, a, what a what a what a night and what an atmosphere. And Alex, you your uncle. Oh that?
1: yeah. So Uncle Jim. Uncle Jim, Uncle Jim. Everyone's, everyone loves Uncle Jim. Uncle Jim is a huge Oakland A's fan, and he was at the reverse boycott, and he was texting me the moment he got there, giving me all the updates. Right. He was right behind home plate. That was his video we just showed of all the fans. He said from the moment they got there, first pitch on, everyone was on their feet the entire game. They were chanting, sell the team, and F. John Fisher, were the two main chants that were happening throughout the entire game. But he just said it was electric. It was so loud, minus the one inning where everyone was supposed to be quiet because that was part of the reverse boycott. But, yeah, it's just it's heartbreaking because there was news that came out fairly closely after the A's yeah. fans did this reverse boycott that kind of helps Oakland's chances to move to Vegas. So uh, the whole idea of it and to see the fans and to see how much this team means to the fans, I think was really special, but it was kind of, they kind of, their balloon kind of got popped shortly after the boycott.
0: I mean, literally hours after the reverse boycott, which got plenty of national attention. And I thought they did a a fantastic job. basically, it's all but a done deal now. it had they had hit a lot of snags they as in ownership and in Nevada. they had hit a lot of snags in terms of the move being official. but uh, literally hours after the reverse boycott. it's it's all but a done deal now. They got the approval of the Nevada legislature um, passed all of those hurdles and now it's all down to, the MLB owners to vote and they just want this to go away there. I, I just feel like the owners are tired of hearing about this, tired of dealing with Mm -hmm. it. I don't, I don't foresee a world in which this is now held up, but, um, yeah, that, that's a frustrating part of all of this. I, I feel terrible for the fans. Um, the one part I was mentioning earlier where it started off really well, I, I didn't like, I thought they did a great job. I really didn't like at the end that all the trash that was thrown on the field. I don't know if you saw it. There is a viral video. Tons of people were throwing things on the field, which that's just creating problems for the stadium workers. Yeah. Like, I, I, that's what that was a frustrating situation for me. But look, there's going to be bad apples in every bunch. I don't think I don't think that should be enough to, to make people say, well, they ruined the whole event. No, I thought Oakland fans did a great job. Uh, I obviously disagree with them throwing trash out on the field just for other people to pick up. It's not like John Fisher's going to go out there and pick up trash. And even if he was the one, I still don't think that's the way to voice your concern. Uh, I thought they voiced their concern very well throughout the entire night.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm I'm just... I, look, I, I really struggle with this move to Nevada and I and to Vegas. I will eventually... okay with it in a few years when they're about to play their first game but for right now i i'm not happy about this you know i I think a team will do well there i think an expansion team would have done very Mm -hmm. well there i think the athletics are from oakland and they should have stayed in oakland and they should have figured it out and the ownership should have figured things out in oakland for that team and fan base that deserves a baseball team they're great great fans and I, I, I don't think this is a good I don't think this is a good day for the game that the Oakland days are now moving. I would have loved to see an expansion team go to Vegas. I'm not thrilled for these fans. Mm-hmm. I, these fans are incredible, and it's a sad, sad time that they're leaving Oakland.
1: I think it's a hard part too is ownership. John Fisher was asked about this, the reverse boycott, uh, and he had no comment. like at least face the noise talk to your fan base they're here they bought tickets yes it's a reverse boycott, they want to stay and they're not big fans of you but say something
0: what's he supposed to say though because the last year has been a direct slap in the face to his own fans he sold off their best players and jacked up season ticket prices that's his comment i don't give two shits about you guys yeah that's his comment so what's he gonna go on there and say like yeah I heard you <laughs> I already told you I don't care about you and we're going to Vegas well then like, at least
1: say that like it was cool to see him <laughs> yeah. there we're going to Vegas just stand like take a stand yeah. and say something that's fair like that's more respectable than saying no comment
0: yeah he also said like I, I have a uh, I have something to go do yeah and apparently two minutes later he came back with like a Starbucks in his hand and walked right like that's what he had to do. That's, that's what, what I'm saying
1: just to. say something.
0: Um, yeah, but I, it's funny. Your uncle was there because I had no idea, but I was scrolling through Twitter. I was posting a bunch of stuff that night and all of a sudden I, I just see like somebody responded to me saying, um, Hey, I'm here here. The atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. I think there was a picture and it just said, sign uncle Jim. I was like, who's uncle Jim? <laughs> I love him so much. That makes all the sense in the world. Well,
1: anytime you go up north, San Francisco, you always have a place to stay with Uncle Jim and Aunt Katie. They're like the super aunt-uncle on my dad's side who don't have kids. So, like, every time we come visit, like, we're the kids. Like, all your photos are put in the room that you're staying in. Like, they are the absolute best. So, I I love that he reached out to you and just signed Uncle Jim.
0: Yeah, well, unfortunately, we won't be able to go to an Oakland A's game together, but. For a couple of years we will be able to. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like there's yeah, still a time. Couple of years. There's still time, and there'll be plenty of seats, unfortunately. There'll be
0: plenty of, I'm be plenty sure of seats. I'm sure John Fisher's gonna make it a great fan experience uh-huh. over the next couple of years, once yeah. the move is already once it's official. I'm sure he's gonna really do well by the fans. Yeah. Okay. No, let's,
1: let's move on. Yeah. It's <laughs> enough with Oakland, but good job, fans. Okay. Our next statement. Gunnar Henderson will lead the Orioles to the AL East title. Hmm.
0: A title. A title. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. That other team there, the Tampa Bay Rays, is pretty good. What I will say is Gunnar Henderson is
1: back. Yeah.
0: Gunnar Henderson, my preseason predictions for Rookie of the Years. Mm-hmm. Rookie years. of the Years. The two Rookie of the Year awards. <laughs> there we go. Got there. Got there. Um, One in the National League was Corbin Carroll, looks great. The American League was Gunnar Henderson, not looking great to start Mm -hmm. the year. Well, he just won American League Player of the Week. He went absolutely off in his last five games. He has a dozen hits, 12 hits in his last five games, multiple steals. He has the home run cycle, which is solo shot, two run, three run, and a grand slam, and a 5-0 record in that stretch. No other player in MLB history has done all of that over a span of five team games. Wow. Pretty impressive week. Player of the week, he's raised his batting average about 50 points since the beginning of June. The Orioles, I don't I can't say they're playing better because they've been playing great all year long. Yeah. This is just a this is just another guy offensively that they really needed yeah. if they want to do some damage. AL player of the week, 400 and 62-foot homer that landed on Utah Street out there in right field, the longest, the furthest home run that has ever landed there, the guy's on a tear. Yeah. And it might be too big of a hole to to come back and win AL Rookie of the Year. There's some big names doing really well there, but you never know. We're still, you know, not even halfway there. <sighs> you know what? What? I think I've changed my stance here.
1: Whoa. Mid-argument?
0: Not mid-argument, but within the last few days. We're going to play okay. a clip here in a minute or so of John Smoltz. Every Saturday I talk to Smoltz, and we talk about the the O's and the AL East and and stuff like that. And, and when I was bringing it up this week, mm-hmm. I, I asked about the Orioles and said, do you think that they can jump the, the Yankees and the Blue Jays in yeah. the AL East? And my thought was, well, the Rays are almost untouchable. Like, they're so far. But – after this week, the Rays end up losing a series to the A's. Mm-hmm. They're f- the Orioles are five games back of the Tampa Bay Rays right now. After everything, yeah. the Rays have been historically good. Mm-hmm. The Orioles are only five games back from them right now. I I really do believe Gunner Henderson, Adley Rutschman. Um, I mean, I really do believe these guys have the potential to win. The AL East. But anyway, the the Smoltz clip. Here's what John Smoltz had to say about it. I really do. I think the playoff spots are going to come out of the East. I think that they know that if you slot yourself in that position and you can chase down, I mean, let's just say this, let's just say there's two and a half weeks left. Then you're then you're probably not going to chase the Rays and you're just going for positioning in the playoffs. But given the fact that there's so much time left. And the Rays have been off to a historic start, and you never know how the injuries are going to play. I don't think it's out of the question that they can't compete for a division title if you believe that the Rays can't sustain this kind of pace.
1: That's fair, but it's also there's, there's kind of two takes here. Like, do you think the Orioles can keep this up and maintain this and continue this throughout the season? And do you think the Rays are going to slump at some point? Because both kind of need to be true in order for them to to pass the Rays. Because they have consistently been the best team in baseball the entire season.
0: Do both have to be true? I mean, they're only five games back right now. Exactly. If the Orioles go on a 10-game winning streak and the Rays play 500 baseball on that stretch, which isn't terrible, they're right there with them in first place. I, I absolutely think this is possible. I will say, as the team sits right now, yeah. I if if I were a betting man, as the team sit right now, I would say the Rays win yeah. the AL East. Okay. I would really like, and I've said this a million times, and Smoltz and I end up going down a long tangent of this, but I would really like to see the Baltimore Orioles add a top end to the rotation mm-hmm. starter. And time will tell who those options will be that are available, but I would love to see the Orioles add pitching and really, really go for it. Because it's been a year of everybody buying in on this Orioles team, except for the organization and ownership. And I would really love to see them finally buy in and go for it. And if they do, then I would really...
1: Say there's a chance. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's a chance now, but there'd be a really good chance. Okay,
1: so you're saying there's a chance. Correct. All right, well, let's move to the AL West for our next statement. The Astros, they'll be fine. Without Alvarez, Emma Colors.
0: Um, yeah. The Astros will be fine. Now, if you were to tell me Jordan Alvarez is gonna be out all season, then I would change my my tune here. Okay. He's not gonna be out all season. Uh it'll the word came down, he's on the IL. It'll be, you know, a month, probably a July return. Mm-hmm. But let me give you some names. Okay. As long as the Houston Astros get to the playoffs, just get in the playoffs with Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, mm-hmm. Jordan Alvarez, Framber Valdez, Hunter Brown, Jeremy Peña, mm-hmm. ALCS and World Series MVP last year. Yep. They're going to be fine. And the 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 hard truth of the matter here is Look, I, I love Lance McCullers. I love I think he's a great pitcher, and I like Lance a lot as a person. The the truth of the matter is it doesn't feel like Lance McCullers has been pitching for the Astros for years. He had he had he threw in eight games last year in the regular season. He did he he had a start in each series in the playoffs. Two of them were not two of them weren't good. I again, I love Lance. I think the team would be exp- I think the team would be better if they had Lance McCullers pitching. But it's not like they haven't been here without him. They ha- they can't do this without Jordan this year. And he will be back. Uh, he's he's the big bat in that lineup that they need and they had all those clutch hits in the playoffs. So yeah, the Astros will be fine without the wording of this question without Jordan, without McCullers, I, I guess in essence, if you're give, if you're saying without those both all year, yeah. no. But with their current injury status, Lance McCullers out for the year, Jordan oblique out for let's say a month, yeah, they'll be fine. Okay, the Astros will be fine.
1: Can we take a moment and talk about their walk off win last night? <laughs> because <laughs> this really tied into one of our honesty hours yep. that we had a couple weeks ago. Now, if you saw if you saw the play, you know you know what happens here, right? Martinez is throwing, trying to complete a double play, down to first base, hits the runner who's running in the lane, down to first base. They end up losing the game in a walk off run yeah. to the Astros. That
0: was the last play. It was the yeah, last, play, last, of the last game. play of the
1: game. Dave comes to the to the post game presser with a photo he came with evidence he came to show you what's up he came with a photo showing that the runner was not running in the line and was in the way the ump didn't call the actual play and they ended up losing the game because of it
0: not only have we had it was almost two i think it was two consecutive honesty hours one, yeah. specifically about this play, yes. saying we need to change the rule figured out. Expand the The very next one about expanding the base into yeah. foul territory, and it literally Injuries. alleviates all of this and allows the runner to actually run in the lane towards yes. the base. So for this Astros game to end like this, it was actually, the the play was crazy because yeah. the Nationals actually did a really good job. Um an epic w- double play. It was going to be you know, it was going to be bang bang at first, but it's going to be sick. You know, CJ Abrams comes home, catcher comes out off the off home plate, gets the guy there, throws down to first base. The runner is clearly in the grass. I yeah. mean, there's no he is. Clearly in the grass. Uh but the play is not called. He's called safe. Run comes home after the ball hits the runner, gets away. That is the definition of the rule is well that should be called. I yeah. mean, but regardless, yes, my whole point here, every point I made is all summed up by this one play. Extend the base into foul territory where guess what? The run lane is. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have this problem. And just change the ruling of this play. Like it it all is just a crazy wild walk-off ending on the base path play that, yeah. you know, is has been a, quite the talking point for us lately.
1: Yes it has. I appreciate though the heat that Martinez brought to the I to the post presser with the evidence. Love he, he, like the fact that he brought the photo.
0: The fact that he went to a printer yeah. to print yes. out a screenshot. It was every, of the it runner was so in the extra
1: and so needed and I felt that like in my soul. I was like yes, this yeah. is what we needed to hear and see. Evidence.
0: He also kind of went off game Okay. Uh, he said we lost the game. Uh, here's the actual quote. He said I'm over this play Seriously, they need to fix the rule. I'm tired of it fix it We lost the game and he had nothing to say about it because he can't make the right call brutal. I Mean, how do you argue with the passion he brought to that presser? I, it is so petty I love that uh-huh. he found a printer yep. printed out a screenshot yep. Came to the presser with a screenshot of the runner getting, you know, running in the grass. Yeah. And just kept saying, look at this. And then he throws the paper off screen. It was great.
1: It was beautiful. Yep. It was, it was beautiful. All right. Astros
0: will be fine. That's okay. my answer.
1: All right. That's fair. Let's move on to our next statement. The Rangers peaked too early.
0: I love this Rangers team. I know you do. Um I'm going. They still, they lead the AL West. Uh, we're talking about, you know, they, they win on Wednesday night. But prior to that, there was about a six-game stretch that was bad. Mm-hmm. But that's going to happen to everybody throughout the course of a season. So I'll say, I'll, I believe we have seen the Texas Rangers peak. But... That's a pretty damn high peak. That peak is good enough to get you where you need to be.
1: So then at that point, would you maybe not call it a peak, but a plateau? That's just kind of where their level of play will be throughout the season?
0: Yeah, I, yeah exactly. I think the better thing to say would be they maybe just jutted down into a little valley.
1: They dipped down to dip a, down a valley? down into
0: a valley for a second, <laughs> but now they're back up to their plateau. Okay. You Which know, I,
1: is consistent play. Yeah, they've
0: been consistent all year long. Except, you know, I'm not gonna nitpick a six game stretch and think, ah, oh, they're gonna lose. Do the look. I I will still believe this until it finally doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I think the Astros will will find a way to win the AL West.
1: They're only three and a half games behind them right now.
0: But I think the Rangers get into the playoffs, and with this offense, that's arguably the best offense in the game of baseball this year. Yeah. With. And two elite pitchers so far this year, Nadia Valdi and John Gray.
1: And losing their ace.
0: Losing their ace. Uh, plenty of depth in the rotation, yeah. though, still. A bullpen that is god-awful. Well,
1: that's what they need to do. <laughs> that's what they Be need to fix. aggressive at the trade deadline.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I okay. mean, we might have, we've seen the Rangers at their best, and their best is good enough. And, okay. I'm, you know, I don't think the six-game stretch that we saw them go on is more of a uh, this this is who the Rangers are, we knew this would happen. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to take the full season sample I have of how good they've been and say, that's what this is. And this is just a little blip on the radar, yeah. and they'll be back.
1: I mean, that's what the season is, 162. It's going to be a roller yep. coaster up and down season.
0: Yep.
1: All right, are you ready for our final statement? Yes. Volpe is not ready for the big leagues. Mm.
0: This is... Yankees fans over the last couple of weeks have Brutal. kind of been calling for the kid's head. As in sending him down to the minors. Not actually calling for his head. Yeah. But, you know, I figured that was a foregone conclusion. But you never know. Eh, Just it's, explain. It's good to, to clarify. Uh, a lot of people are saying he needs to go down to the minor leagues. Here are my thoughts here. I am a big believer in if you feel like you have your guy. Ride with your guy. Through the ups and the downs, and this year for Anthony Volpe has been strong majority of downs. It has not been a good year by any means. He's playing a very good defense. Um, but I, I truly believe ride with your guys. There will be, there will be growing pains. And these are those growing pains, but I believe he will be better off in the long run for sticking with this in the big leagues. Uh, this is a, a, a quote from Anthony Volpe. I appreciate him taking the time, but at the end of the day, I got to earn it every day. This is in regards to Hal Steinbrenner's comments about like sticking with Anthony Volpe. Um, I appreciate him taking the time, but at the end of the day, I got to earn it every day. Nothing really changes from my end, and I understand I have a job to do. I just want to help the team win in any way possible. So, a couple of thoughts there. I like what Anthony Volpe said, and... Hal Steinbrenner's comments were actually. Although I believe he should stay up. Hal Steinbrenner's comments were basically like, you know, we aren't gonna. We said it at the beginning of the year. This isn't gonna be like a three-week test run. Well, I got news for you. We're almost three months into the year. This yeah. ain't three weeks anymore. Like, that that was, you know, that's yeah. I don't think that was the thing to say. But I do agree with keeping him up. I I actually think that we as a collective baseball fans have been brainwashed into thinking, ah, just send him down. He's struggling. Let him, let him figure it out down there in the minor leagues. That is such a confidence destroyer. I I, I actually completely disagree with that. And I do think there is a time and a place and players to do that with, but use, Jordan Walker, for instance, with the St. Louis Cardinals, who got off to a pretty good start this year, got sent down and said it crushed his confidence. That's kind of my thoughts. When you have your guy, there will be growing pains. And those growing pains might be the majority of a season. And I understand the concept of, well, we can't afford to have a guy hitting under 200 in our lineup. I understand that. I also believe the guy, the kid, will make adjustments at the big league level. We're already starting to see that. He's coming off a good game. He's completely changed his approach. He said he went back home with one of his teammates and locked in on some film from the minors and what he used to do, and he's changed his stance back to that. But even if that doesn't work, the fact that he's now going through this, working through those bumps and bruises figuring out how to deal with failure figuring out the right steps for him to take to get back to where he needs to get i believe in the long run we'll look back and say thank god the yankees let him work through those failures because he's become one of the greatest players in the game of baseball but it's so vital and i really think sending players down crushes confidence crushes it. I don't think it's a good thing. What's he going to do? Go down there and hit really well and then say, well, okay, great. Now I'm going back up to the big leagues where I couldn't hit. No, let him figure it out in the big leagues.
1: The thing is, is we've seen glimpses of he's almost there with Volpe. As you mentioned, he had a great game. I think it was last night, a couple of hits. He was almost the walk-off hero the other night against Boston. It was just like inches past the foul pole. So it's there. As you said, it takes it takes time, and New York's not an easy place to take time. No. It is probably one of the hardest places for a young player to go through the growing pains.
0: Yeah, and it just feels like that. I, I get there's going to be frustration. Yeah. But you want to take your frustration out on a player? Make it DJ LeMahieu. Like, why, we're just assuming – like, DJ LeMahieu, great player. You, you put their numbers side by side. Why is Anthony Volpe getting all the hate here? This offense – this offense especially without Aaron Judge but that's kind of a different story for a different day there's plenty of guys you can point to that are struggling and a reason for the Yankees not winning a ton of ball games right now let's not place all the blame on Anthony Volpe hitting in the nine spot and playing a good defense like I'm not going to sit here and stick up for his offensive production because it hasn't been good this year but there's other guys we can point to in that Yankees lineup as well and we're not arguing to send them down because of their their track record and their career um but I I yeah my thoughts here he he's the question being is he ready
1: for the big leagues
0: I think he needs to be in the big leagues I think he's okay. proven he's a big leaguer and you, you ride with your guy ride be with it yeah
1: all right respect okay I feel that And now let's take a quick break before we get to our BVP. Welcome back. Let's get into this week's BVP. Ben's most valuable players so far this season. Yep.
0: Top five.
1: Both leagues.
0: Both leagues. Bringing them all in one place Uh together. Top five players in the league as of right now.
1: So let's start with number five. Yep. Aaron Judge.
0: Aaron Judge is at number five, sliding down two spots because he's not playing. That's that's the simple reason. Uh, He's having a very, very good year, batting 291, 19 homers, 40 RBIs, and an OPS over 1,000. But I had to slide him down. And if he's still not playing by this time next week, he's probably going to just have to be off of the list. Because as of right now, Aaron Judge does not qualify amongst the league leaders for... His statistic. You go to the league leader stats. He doesn't qualify right now. So he was at number three on my list last week. He's moved down to number five. If he's not back, he's going to have to be off the list next week. But it's not because of the player he is or the numbers he's put up. It's just because he you need him on the field and he's not on the field right now. But so Aaron Judge is at number five.
1: All right, which is why I was a little shocked you had him on the list because he's not playing right now. Yeah, but that's like if season ended today, he's still yeah top five. Yeah, respect. Okay, at number four, Freddie Freeman.
0: Freddie Freeman still raking out there and well out here, I guess. Yep. We're we're in Los You're Angeles. In LA still raking. Uh Freddie Freeman is batting 331 with 13 homers, 44 RBIs this year, 58 runs scored, playing a great first base. Uh, Freddie Freeman is so interesting because like he's not one of he's not one of the guys in baseball that he just, I don't want this, I don't want this to come off as wrong. He's just, like, so boringly consistent and in a great way. Like, but he's just, like, this staple of consistency, and he's not, like, one of, like, a Mookie Betts. or he's not, like, like, a Wowie? Yeah, but, like, you look up at the end of every year, and the guy's hitting over 300, around 30 homers. He's won an MVP award, like... Freddie Freeman is one of the best players in the game of baseball. Absolutely, hands down. No question about it. But he's just like, I don't even know how to explain it. it. Is not
1: like the flash to it?
0: Probably has something to but, do with yeah. it. Yeah. But it's just so like consistent, so consistently good. But mm-hmm. it's like you look at, you know, like even in that same lineup, Mookie Betts. Yeah. Like, God, it's just, I don't even Flair. know how to explain it. I don't want to. Maybe boring is not the right word because he's great. And when we were at the game the other day, I was like, wait a second. We can't leave without watching Freddy. Freddy. So, and he's not boring. It's just, I don't know. He's great. All right. Just like Mr. Consistency. You can always count on him. Can always count on him. Yeah. Sure. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to number three. Let's
1: move on to number three your MVP CC. Corbin Carroll. <laughs> now,
0: he is exciting. <laughs> MVP CC, Corbin Carroll batting 311 on the year. This is his first entrance into my BVP this season, and there's no way he cannot be in this conversation any further. Yes, we can talk NL rookie of the year. He's the heavy favorite to do that. The guy, if the season ended right now, absolutely gets MVP votes. 311, 14 homers. 35 RBIs, 19 stolen bases. This kid is on pace for a historic season, not just rookie season. Well on pace to win Rookie of the Year award. Playing a great defense. Aside from the other night, he had a little boneheaded play out there. I don't know if you saw it. It
1: happens. Forgot
0: how many outs there were. A guy tagged up on third when he turned around to go pick up his hat. I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I, I, every time he does something well, I tweet MVP CC. Yeah. I tweeted MVP oopsie. <laughs> but ends up hitting a homer the very next day. Corbin Carroll is the, the kid's the your real favorite. deal. He's your, he's, your he's one of, He's one of my favorites. And it just makes me proud because I was. It's a good feeling when you're so high and push somebody so hard on people at the beginning uh-huh. of the year. And then he's so good. It's a good feeling. Good job, And he's now here at number three for the first time in the top five of uh, BVP.
1: All right, moving to our top two, holding strong, Ronald Acuna Jr.
0: Forget a potential 40-40 season and becoming the fifth player to ever do it in the first since Alfonso Soriano. Ronald Acuna Jr. is flirting with a 40-60 season. 15 homers now 44 rbis 29 stolen bases. I mean we could legitimately be talking about one of One of the best seasons of all time if uh, he's on pace to have one of the greatest seasons of all time I mean batting average very good home run pace. We're on a 35 to 40 home run pace stolen bases He's on pace for well over 60 stolen bases. This is insanity What we were watching. I watched him in a doubleheader against uh, the Detroit Tigers the other day. He hit a ball out to left center field that had no business. He he hit it with one arm. It was like a one-arm swing. And then the very next game, he hit a ball to dead central at Comerica Park that you hardly ever see balls go out there. I think it was 461 feet dead center, almost over the fountain out there. It was ridiculous. Ronald is... I love me some Ronald Acuna. He's, yeah, he's here at number two.
1: And still at number one, the unicorn, Shohei (laughs) Otani.
0: Shohei has been, uh, there's been no better offensive player in the game of baseball over the last week to two weeks. Mm -hmm. In the the month of June, nobody has been better offensively than Shohei Otani. In fact, entering today... Shohei had more total bases over his last 14 games than any other major league player this season in any 14-game stretch of the season. Ten singles, five doubles, one triple, eight homers, and that is a total of 55 total bases over the last 14 games. Another homer Wednesday night. He's at 21 on the season. He's batting 299 with 21 homers and 52 RBIs while also having a 3.32 ERA on the mound with 102 strikeouts second in the league
1: mm-hmm. just behind Pete Alonso in home runs
0: one he's yeah. one behind Pete Alonso he'll pass Pete Alonso soon will will he be the first to pass him he's the closest we'll see if he's the first yeah. to pass him but he's going to pass him cuz Pete's on on the IL uh, he's pitching Thursday night against that really good Rangers lineup, so that'll be a good test for him in terms of is he back on the mound. But 3-3-2 ERA, 102 strikeouts on the mound, that's potential Cy Young season. He's not currently there, but he's having a good season on the mound, struggle as of late, but elite, absolutely elite at the plate lately. This, I I run out of superlatives and adjectives he's the best he's the best player in the game of baseball the most talented player of all time one of the greatest players of all time already it's it's crazy
1: and that's going to be a fun game tonight because he always hits really well when he's pitching and he's pitching tonight
0: and he always hits really well in texas apparently know
1: it's going to be great another
0: bat flip wednesday the dude's just like
1: the swag the swag with that bat flip was everything i've been waiting for for otani
0: everything is everything's bigger in texas including (laughs) (laughs) otani's
1: Uh, I love it. All right, before we wrap things up, let's get to some fan questions. Yes. you ready for this? Yep. Our first one comes from Chris. It's a betting question. With Corbin Carroll running away with the NL Rookie of the Year race and odds of minus 330, what are the chances Ellie De La Cruz could contend and provide a good betting opportunity at plus 600, assuming both are healthy and in the major leagues the rest of the season?
0: If If we're assuming both are healthy, all season that really hurts, obviously. Um, Ellie De La Cruz's chances. Corbin Carroll is a player. Speed, speed doesn't slump, and that's he's the fastest player in the game of baseball. So is Ellie, but Ellie has a lot of ground to make up because he just gets called up. Just got called up. Um, Corbin Carroll could certainly slump. I would just say the odds are great. I mean, they're they're yeah. far. Obviously. Corbin Carroll, heavy favorite, but if anybody can do it, I I think Ellie De La Cruz has the hype to do it, which I think is important with awards like this. You need like hype and excitement in the Mm -hmm. national media. I think Ellie is a player that could do it, so you're going to need Corbin Carroll to go on a long, extended slump, which I hope doesn't happen. But um, at plus 600, I will say, why not throw – why not? Why not? (laughs) Why not? I, I, L.A. De La Cruz is insane, man, he but is. so is, so is Corbin. But those odds minus 330 when it's June 15th, uh-huh. like any, we're not even halfway through a season. Yep. Anything can happen. So, sure. All right. I'll say that. That's Why fair.
1: not? Let's move on to our next question. This one comes from Josh. So, hypothetical. I'm drafting my very own baseball team. What are the most important traits to look for in each position? And which are most important in your opinion? By the way, when I was younger, I put barbecue sauce on my hot dog, then squiggled yellow mustard on top.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also entering the hot dog conversation we've been having over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Wow, Alex really liked that. (laughs) That got her. Um, Okay, so the traits I'm looking for if you're starting a team... I don't know if we're talking like starting a fantasy team Each or like position.
1: If your very own baseball. If team. you're
0: starting your own baseball team, so we'll just say real life starting your own okay. team. What am I looking for? So I'm I'm looking. What I would start with is your up the middle players. I shortstop, center field, starting pitching, good catcher. Um, that would be the first. I I think you build up the middle with your baseball team. In center field, I love a guy that can go get a ball. Like you know, we can be talking like we can talk everything about offense, but I love a guy in center field that can play a great defense. Um characteristic-wise, I mean this is a this is a good question. Um obviously we could get into like Good leader, but I'm you know that's I think those are like
1: power, speed, yeah, that's versatility. what I think we're talking about. Center yeah. fielder,
0: I like a lot of speed. Um, I could give up a, I actually would give up a little bit offensively in center field for uh, a great defense. Shortstop, I love a guy like, man, I Quick. love what like a guy like Corey is doing this year. Um, what a, a guy like Trey Turner, typically, I know mm-hmm. this year is a bit of a down year. You get speed there. Um, good offense there pitching wise workhorse um yeah that's a good question a guy that goes deep into games there's not a ton of those anymore in the game of baseball but yeah
1: that's a good question that's fair
0: yeah
1: all right moving on next questions from carl you have one pitcher versus hitter matchup in baseball history who do you choose oh my
0: god Mm. one pitcher versus hitter matchup in history Okay. I'm going to just spit out a couple as they come to my mind. Um Barry Bonds yep. against Nolan Ryan. Yep. Barry Bonds against Randy Johnson. Um Babe Ruth against those same two guys I mentioned. Babe Ruth against my brother, Babe Ruth against Shohei Otani In both both ways. Yep. Think about that. How cool yeah. would that be? It's Shohei's only comparison: Shohei Otani on the mound against Babe Ruth the hitter, and then Babe Ruth on the mound against Shohei Otani the hitter. That wouldn't work out well for Babe Ruth on no. the mound.
1: No, no I think he choice. used to
0: throw like seventy. Yeah, no, no, that wouldn't go well. But still, be yeah. fun to see. Um, do you have any that come to mind?
1: I mine was Barry Bonds and Nolan Ryan. Oh, really? Yeah, you you nailed um, my very first. And season.
0: I I I think. I think one of, if not the greatest at-bat in history was Barry Bonds against Eric Gagne that mm-hmm. year that Eric Gagne was on top of the world and mm-hmm. the best closer in baseball and perfect, and Barry Bonds was the best hitter in the game and, in my opinion, is the greatest hitter of all of time. time. That at-bat was un- If you, If I could go back and be in that moment watching that at-bat, God, that was insane. That's a really good question, though. I'll probably put in more thought to this over the week. I'll we'll probably he's gonna bring, he's gonna bring back
1: it back up. up when we're in San Diego. I was thinking about that. I was this. just this,
0: thinking about that. I forgot this.
1: about this guy. All right, let's get to our last Twitter question. This one comes from Yotaro. Considering that the Twins are only one game above five hundred and still leading the AL Central, what would you say to the idea of playoff spots being filled purely by winning records?
0: I've had this thought quite a few times across all sports. Yeah. I don't think it works. I don't think it's I don't think it's the right thing to do, I'll say. I think it's important to have divisions and winning your division should mean something. It should. You play your division more so than anybody else. Uh I, I get the argument. I, I think the argument against this this year is particularly a good one with the AL East being how good it is. Yeah. But I, I, I just truly believe that in every – you, you got to have your divisions and best team that wins that division win. It should, it should mean something. That's kind of my thought. Okay. I don't know. I might have more thoughts on this as we go as well. What do you think?
1: If that's the case, then it would just need to be American League and National League, and there's not divisions. It's just the two leagues. That, that would make sense. Then it's just the top however many teams from each league – get to move on to the postseason it would have to be a completely different structure i would
0: agree with that and logistically is where you have to start thinking well that doesn't make sense you can't have you can't have the miami marlins going to play the seattle mariners as we just saw as we're seeing yeah you can't have that you know three different times a year like logistically that would just start making not making sense so then logistically you're going to start playing teams in your division more often which means if you win your division against those teams you should make the playoffs. Yeah, moving on. And if your division sucks, you'll be the only team from your division to make the playoffs. I I think we're I think it's good.
1: Yeah, it's fair.
0: It should mean something, you know, like it, it. I get it. Okay, it's that's fair. all I got.
1: Yeah, that's all we got for today.
0: For now, I'll bring up that batter versus pitcher conversation in San Diego. I'm sure my brain is still going. Me. It is like, going to
1: haunt me there, all weekend. There, there are
0: so many good ones. Like Justin against Babe Ruth. Could you think of that? That'd be so cool. Epic. Yeah,
1: epic. You know what else is epic? What we're going to San Diego tomorrow, Slam Woo! Diego. Slam Diego. I'm
0: wearing the shirt. Yep. we're heading down there. We got a great weekend series. Spoiler alert: that's going to be our tale of the tape in tomorrow's episode. Before mm-hmm. we head down there, Padres, Rays, we'll do that, and then we're going to head on down there. So uh, I should bring my Ron Burgundy outfit for sure. And uh, it's just going to be—it's going to be, it's gonna be <laughs> just an awesome. Just bring the mustache, week. guys. We bring are going to have so many, so much good content fun funny good talking to players talking to fans dressing up um it's gonna it's gonna be a blast i don't know what alex is laughing about (laughs) right now but she's like,
1: we're gonna be dressing up It's a lot of dressing up. I love that that was like a selling point. Like, coming out with us, we're going to be dressing up in fun costumes. You're going
0: to not want to miss this. We'll be (laughs) dressed up. We're done here. Thank you all for listening. Tomorrow's episode drops overnight as normal. Make sure you check that out, and then we will be off to San Diego, where it's going to be a great weekend. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to Flippin' Bats wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, which is really important to follow. As we're getting ready to go on this journey, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch everything on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you all for listening to this Thursday episode of Flippin' Bats. Until tomorrow, my friends. Peace.